Hi there and welcome to Magic Time, brought to you by our good friends at St. Louis Bar and Grill with locations in Moncton and Dieppe. And you can find them on Facebook at St. Louis Bar and Grill NB. And remember, when you put in St., put ST. St. Louis Bar and Grill NB on Facebook. Very pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Moncton Magic. This is Joe Salerno. Greetings and salutations, coach. Hi, Scott. How are you? Very well, sir. Great to have you on the podcast. A couple of different things we're going to talk about on this particular edition, but let's talk about the most recent game for you guys. Uh, a very good win for this team, a team effort, a true team effort, a 114-111 victory over the Halifax Hurricanes at the Scotiabank Center. Other than the W, Coach, what was most pleasing to you in that game? I mean, there was a, there was a lot of great things to take away from that game. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing for us was, you know, just the, the number of players that were out of our lineup, you know, due to injury, the number of key players, you know, that were out of our lineup when you talk about Billy White and Denzel Taylor and, and Duke Mundy, uh, Eddie Osamoa, you know, there was a, a lot of bodies out. So being down four guys and, and coming in, uh, you know, after a bit of a losing streak um, and playing a, a revamped Hurricanes team, you know, who had just come off probably a week off and they were pretty well rested and ready to go. I think a, a lot of things were stacked up against us in that game. So, you know, to dig deep and then come up with an overtime win on the road uh, was, was definitely the most pleasing uh, thing about that game. You obviously have to have guys step up, that next man mentality, right? Uh, Gentry Thomas, again, answered the call, as did a lot of guys. You know, it's a team effort, but Gentry with a game high for the Magic, 23. What are you seeing in this young man and his development, especially lately, Coach, where he's had to kind of play a lot bigger minutes? Yeah, he's continuing to develop. I mean, he's just such a remarkable physical talent, um, which, again, is something that I saw right away two summers ago. He, he just has a quickness to him, you know, strength, and, and he's very long. He has great length, and he just has so many physical talents and tools that, that a lot of other guys don't have. You know, he has the capability to do things out on the basketball court that really no one else on our roster can do. Um, you know, for G, it's still it's still developing the decision-making, you know, which I thought he actually struggled with in, in Halifax. He, he had quite a few turnovers at, at kind of timely, you know, costly times. Uh, but he certainly stepped up scoring the basketball for us. And I think there was a lot of a lot of hype surrounding that game, obviously, with, with Terry Thomas's uh, first game in a Halifax uniform, playing against his cousin Gentry Thomas. You know, they're both from Halifax. So I think G did a, a nice job kind of stepping up to the plate there and answering the bell for us. And, um, you know, he's continuing to improve. And he's just a guy that we've invested a lot of time in. And we're going to continue <clears throat> to invest uh, through the ups and downs with, with Gentry uh, because he just really is a, a true talent. Great effort by all of the starters. Uh, all your starters <laughs> hit double digits in that game. You got a couple of double doubles from Nick Evans and Wayne McCullough. What was the mood like in the room after? I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it was almost a, I mean, that was a huge, huge win for, for our team, just, just based on everything we have been through the last two or three weeks. Um, you know, you're talking about a team that, that started off the season 10 and 0, you know, we didn't lose any games in the preseason. We really hadn't suffered any losses um, coming into that, that Christmas stretch. And, um, you know, for, for us, we were just in a, in a bad place. We were banged up and, you know, there's certainly some been some frustrations in our locker room with, you know, the kind of revamping of our team with a lot of new faces, uh, a lot of guys in different roles. And, and, you know, we're asking different things from different players. So there's just been an adjustment period. <clears throat> and I think with that, 
with a lack of practice time due to our schedule, uh, there was some frustrations with us losing games. So for us to really band together uh, again, when I think the, the deck was kind of stacked against us a little bit in that Halifax game, you know, it's exactly what the doctor ordered. You know, our, our guys really kind of stuck that one out. And, and I think they knew how important it would be to, to win that game. And, and they came through and, you know, a couple guys played very well. Wayne, Wayne McCullough, I, I really don't think it's enough credit uh, for the game he had down there. I mean, he had to play out of position, you know, at the four, uh, with both Denzel, Billy, and Eddie <laughs> being out. Um, and, you know, that's a position Wayne doesn't play, and he's extremely undersized. And, you know, playing against guys like Dave Freeman and, and Washington, and um, we asked an awful lot from him. And, you know, he really came through uh, with flying colors. So, But but a lot of guys played well, and uh, it really was a, a team effort. It took our whole team to, to pull off that win down there. Wayne McCullough, they, they grow with big hearts down there in Texas, Coach. Yeah, he's a tough kid. You know, he's a t- I've always said, I've always loved players from Texas. I mean, Texas kids, are they're, they're tough kids. And, uh, you know, Wayne exactly does that. I mean, whatever he may lack in, in, in size or things of that nature, I mean, don't get me wrong, Wayne's a, a good-sized wing, but he makes up for in heart and determination and just hard work. And uh, there's a lot to be said about players like that. Um, so no, Wayne, Wayne, again, as he's been doing pretty much all season has come up very big for us. And, uh, I'm very happy for him, you know, with the first half of the season he's had. And you mentioned new faces. You never know what things are going to lead you to bring some guys onto your roster coach. Uh, certainly Marcus Lewis with 19 points off the bench versus Halifax made his presence felt, but maybe just a couple of words about those two guys, Marcus Lewis and Freddie McSwain. Yeah, Marcus had a had a great game, and, and you know that's Marcus having 19. I think he might have had six or seven rebounds too, um, and that's with no practices. I mean, he he didn't have a single practice with us, and he came in and, and put forth that kind of effort. Um, you know, he arrived on Thursday night, uh, the night before we played at the island. Uh, so really, that was only his second time on the court with any of our players, and, and he came up really big uh, for us. You know, both of those guys, him and, and Freddie, Freddie arrived on Saturday evening. He just had his first couple practice with us here this week. Uh, they're just extremely athletic. Like, they are God-given athletes, um, guys that really just kind of make you go, wow, with, with how high they get off the ground and, and just how quick they are. They're, they're high risers, and um, they're certainly going to bring a, a different level of athleticism that our, that our team has not had uh, this season. You know, and, and I think both we, we need that. You know, we certainly could use some of that. And, you know, Freddie McSwain, I mean, I just have to say, I mean, I, I actually had never seen Freddie play live. Um, you know, we, we picked up Freddie through a respected agent, a uh, friend of mine, you know, a guy that I trust. And obviously we did a ton of film research on him, you know, playing at Indiana uh, Hoosiers there the last couple of years of his college career. And I knew Freddie had athleticism and, and he had bounce, as, as we like to call it. But, Seeing him in practice the last couple of days, you know, it takes an awful lot to kind of make me say, wow, I've seen a lot of players over the years and uh, I've never seen a guy who gets up as high uh, and, and dunks with as much power as, as Freddie McSwain. I mean, and this is, this is talking about guys like Juan Patillo and guys that, you know, I've, I've never seen anything like it. So he, he's looked very good his first couple of days in practice and we're very excited to see what he can bring, uh, you know, to the magic. Coach, you're getting this play-by-play guy awfully excited because, listen, calling games is great, but when you've got somebody that's got some bounce, as you say, and that can get up to the rim and, and to uh, get some highlight things going, oh, man, 
I'm looking forward to it. Now, I might have to break out another boom shakalaka, hopefully on Friday night, Coach. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty serious. And, uh, you know, he had a, a, a lob play off a of pick and roll in practice yesterday. And, you know, I mean, his, his head had to have been six to eight inches over the rim. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, you know, six, seven, 220, 225 pounds. Um, just very, very exciting. He's explosive. He's a very young player. He's extremely coachable. Um, you know, reminds me a little bit of like a, of a Denzel Taylor where he's, he's kind of very quiet, uh, but he's got a great attitude and work ethic. I certainly could see where, you know, he was a fan favorite at Indiana uh, the last couple of years, and he certainly has the potential to be a fan favorite here. So, again, excited to have him. You know, we've had a, a hole a little bit in that front court, obviously with Billy being out, and, and now Denzel's been injured, and, um, so I think he's going to add quite a lot. And, and I, I think the same with Marcus Lewis and I think Marcus has already proven that. So, you know, exciting to have both those guys, uh, on the roster and, you know, you, you want to tell fans, we weren't looking to make a lot of changes to our team, but we were dealt a certain hand and we have, we had to respond and, and, uh, you're always excited when it looks like two of the new guys you brought in, you know, could, could work out and bring something different to your ball club. So, Certainly excited to get them fully caught up to speed and, and see them in the lineup uh, this weekend. Yeah, Friday night versus the Island Storm. You guys finally getting to play back at the Avenir Center. It's been fun watching some of the reaction of the guys on social media to be back home, as it were, not only in Moncton, but back practicing at the Avenir Center. Travel, a part of the game, a part of the lifestyle. But how happy were you? to get back in Moncton and to have that big, long stretch of road games behind you and now to be able to look ahead for the next couple of weeks at home for games and it's practice as well. How nice did that feel? Uh, it's, it's great. I mean, again, it's certainly what we needed. <clears throat> Just being so so banged up with injuries um, and really the lack of practice time with, with the new faces we have, you know, it's really been affecting our ball club. And there's nothing we can do about it. The schedule is what it is, and, and we had to make do with the best that we could. Um, but being able to be home now and actually get back into a bit of a routine, you know, dating all the way back to Christmas time, you know, where the holidays can affect your scheduling. And uh, it, it's been nice. I mean, it's certainly been nice to be able to, to have multiple practices over the course of a week. I mean, to get the guys back uh, eating properly and, and um, you know, back with our, with our strength and uh, wellness coach and having normal film sessions and all those type things. You know, we have one game really over the next 13 days or so, you know, we play this Friday and then we have another nine days off. Um, so we're really looking at this as like almost a, a bit of a second training camp, you know, um, to rest up, recover, but then get other guys acclimated. And uh, we're certainly hoping to have Billy White uh, back in the lineup very soon. So getting him back, you know, kind of ready to go. Uh, it's exciting for us to be home and we certainly want to make the most of these uh, next two weeks. Always setting me up for the good segue, Coach. You mentioned Billy White coming back into the lineup. Good time to ask you to get an update on uh, some of those injured players. How can you bring us up to speed on the guys who've been out lately? <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time on the podcast, Scott, to, to go over all the, the injuries that we've had, but I could certainly give you a brief rundown. Uh, you know, first and foremost, Billy White, who who suffered a fracture in that in that wrist. You know, he's been in a hard cast now for for a week and a half or so, uh, that cast is scheduled to come off on the 21st of January. Uh, so a few more days here and, and we're really hoping to have him back in the lineup on the 29th. So it looks like it'll be one more game without Billy, uh, which is, which is great news. Um, Eddie Osamoa, who, who obviously suffered that very scary, uh, injury in London, 
uh, who was diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, he's been cleared to play, so he's been back full practice here. And, um, you know, he'll be coming off the injured reserve this week, so he'll be in the lineup on Friday. Um, Denzel Taylor, you know, had suffered a, a high ankle sprain in our game against the Storm. Uh, he's kind of day-to-day right now. You know, we're hoping he's questionable, I would say, for Friday evening. Um, who else we got? Duke Mundy <laughs> had, a, had a lower body injury against the Storm, and uh, he's day-to-day. He did practice uh, a little bit today. Um, I would consider him probable for for Friday evening. Um, who am I missing, Scott? I know we got somebody else here. Uh, Jeez, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, Joel Joel Nadondo uh, actually suffered a leg injury at the end of the Halifax game. Uh, he's he's looking very probable for for Friday night as well. So, you know, we're slowly but surely kind of getting back healthy here. Uh, and again, the next week or two is is really going to be important for that. Um, but I would expect to see everybody, uh, possibly not Denzel on on Friday, and of course not Billy, um, but that next home game, we, we should be back to full hundred percent strength and, you know, really for one of the first times this season. So, uh, Johnny Gonzalez, you know, shout out to him and rehab one. They've been doing a great job. We've been keeping him very busy, uh, since we've been home. Um, and he's doing great and, and getting our guys healthy, ready to go. You know, you never know what a season is going to bring you, but if you can get all of this out of the way and kind of, as you said, look toward the second half of the season and have all that behind you. I guess the the other positive way to look at it is if all this stuff's going to happen, coach, I guess better to happen in the first half of the season than the second half down the stretch and into the playoffs. So that's one positive way of looking at it, I guess. Yeah, it it is. I mean, you know, listen, this is such a competitive league, you know, as much as I would have liked to have thought so. I mean, we we weren't going to, you know, run away with this this league and and go 35-5 and or whatever after the 10-0 start. I mean, the other teams are just too good. And you know that, that injuries and things are going to happen, tough parts of your schedule. You know, all those things happen to every team throughout the course of the season. It just so happened that our, the, our toughest stretch of the schedule came at the exact same time as injuries and player departures and, and everything else. So it, it seemed like a bit of a of a whirlwind, and it was a bit of a perfect storm. Um, you know, and obviously we suffered. We suffered some losses, uh, a, a lot in part due to, to some of those factors. Um, but there's a whole lot of basketball left. You know, there's 20 games left in this regular season. You, you knew it was going to be a bit of a dogfight to, to try to keep that number one overall seed. And, um, you know, I'd like to say I'm confident that I, I don't think we're going to be, we're going to be out of that number one spot for, for that long. I think once we get back healthy and, and, you know, Billy's back in the lineup and uh, our new guys are fully acclimated, you know, I like us just as much as anybody. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think we're going to be just fine. How satisfying has it been to see kind of the culture around this team coach and to see kind of that that next man mentality that they do have and how they've kind of pulled together? Well, I mean, I think I think we are pulling together. I think it all started in Halifax the other night, you know, because we, we were we had a lot of guys that that were frustrated. I mean, everyone's frustrated when you're losing, especially after the, the start that we got off to. And, you know, a lot of the things that has happened to this ball club over the last three weeks, <clears throat> again, we're we're out of my control, other players' control you know, et cetera. And you, you kind of ask yourself, you know, why is all this happening to us right now? But um, you, you need to come together and you need to stay positive. And, and I think we grasp that in that Halifax game, because I don't think our roster really could have been any, any more depleted than what it was uh, against Halifax and to band together and to get that win. I think it just, it reminded us of our identity. And I think we've kind of lost that a little bit 
through all the, the, the changes in the schedule. Um, you know, we were a team that started the season out as exactly that next man up one night. It was going to be Isaiah Tate. The next night it was going to be Herring and then white. And it didn't matter who was scoring, who was getting it done. Uh, and if we had a guy out, then the guys stepped up. And I think, you know, we're, we're starting to get back to that. We're trying to find that identity again. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, banding together. So, uh, Halifax was, a, was a huge piece of that puzzle kind of stepping back in the right direction. And, um, you know, I think our guys right now, they're, they're kind of getting back into that positive mentality of, Hey, you know what, we're all in this together, you know, let's all make the best of it and do everything we can to, to get back on the winning track. And, you know, we're starting to see that in practice. And, and obviously we saw it the other night in Halifax. As you look ahead to Friday, uh, what would your coach's wish list be in terms of your starters? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, like I said, I'm hoping Duke is, is back uh, ready to go 100%. You know, not having uh, Denzel being questionable and obviously having Billy still out, you know, it, it's yet to be seen whether we're going to go small and maybe maybe play McCullough at that four again or, or you know, if Freddie shows over the next day or two that, that he's ready to go, you know, he potentially could get the start in that game uh, depending on, on what happens with Denzel. Um, you know, it's still a little yet to be, to be seen as far as Friday night goes, but I, I think whoever we, whatever five guys we put out there, you know, they're going to be ready to go. And, and, um, you know, certainly, you know, none of us were happy with that game, uh, on the Island the other night, you know, I felt like that was kind of rock bottom for us. And I think you have to hit rock bottom sometimes before you can start building back up. And, um, you know, that was just a really tough game. I mean, we went, I think we were like two or we were three of 21 from the floor in the second quarter uh, of that game, which I've never seen in, in 10, 10, 11 years of coaching at this level. And, um, you know, I think we, we feel like we can certainly put a better effort out there on Friday. So whatever guys we start, uh, they're going to be ready to go. And, and that's certainly a game that uh, we'd like to get back pretty badly. My broadcast partner, Dave Tingley and I, are very excited to get back on the headset and call that game Friday night to finally have the Moncton Magic back home. I've missed you guys, Coach. I sit in front of the TV calling play-by-play for the games that I'm watching on the live stream. <laughs> That's good practice, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to getting back home, man. It's, it's, it seems like it has been forever, and I know it's been probably three, three and a half weeks. It's almost been a month uh, since we have played at home, and you know, I think we're 7-1 and one this year at home. Um, you know, we've been pretty tough there. So to get back to the Avenue Center and get back in front of our fans, you know, our fans have, have been very supportive, uh, you know, sticking with us here through through a tough stretch. And I think they're all excited to, to see us back uh, wearing the whites at home and, and um, you know, just looking forward to, to being back there. And, and it's, it's been a while. So it's certainly long overdue, and, and we're certainly going to make the most of it on Friday evening. Yeah, so this Friday night, January 18th, uh, versus the Island Storm, then, as you uh, referenced just a little while ago, we got a bit of a break, and then a couple of home games back-to-back on January 29th and 30th. The 29th against the St. John Riptide, and then on the 30th, welcoming in the defending champs, the London Lightning. Coach, not only are you busy coaching a team, looking after personnel and roster issues, being a dad to a couple of pretty fun and rambunctious kids, but you also do some things out in the community, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the things uh, that I've seen the, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, in particular on the Moncton Magic social media, but bringing in, you know, youth teams and, and grassroots players and school teams and kind of giving them some coaching and running through some pointers with them. What does that mean to you to be able to do those kinds of things in the community and to be able to kind of give back a little of your knowledge and vast experience to some of these young kids? 
Oh, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy doing that. I mean, I started out my coaching career, what was seems like decades ago, <laughs> um, you know, at the youth level and, uh, and at the high school level. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, we recently had a, a middle school, uh, a girls team come in, uh, something we call the magic hour. And, and actually that was, um, a, uh, a charity, uh, kind of donation we made, um, uh, Basically, it was a, a an auction item uh, where you could could bid on to have a magic hour where you could invite a team in, you know, to the Avenir Center and and spend an hour with us, uh, you know, out on the floor, you know, working on some skills and and just talking basketball and and then of course we invited this this middle school girls team in, into our locker room and they got to you know sit in all the guys' chairs and try on the uniforms and you know we kind of showed them what one of our pregame chalk talks looked like and. And we went over a scouting report with them. And it was just really kind of cool. I mean, I think to open kids' eyes up to, you know, everything else that goes into basketball when you get up to this higher level, they, they really get a, a kick out of it. You know, these girls just couldn't believe everything we, we have in a scouting report. And, and, you know, we showed them some film clips and just kind of gave them a kind of a pro day experience, you know, on a game day. And it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I love doing it. I love the questions I get from the kids. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy those opportunities when they come about. Do you have moments where you think back to when you were a kid in Vermont, uh, when you first kind of viewed the Barry Auditorium and, and what that was like when you finally got to play in it? Do you ever kind of go back in your mind and think about that as you're talking to these kids, Coach? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll say to myself, because I was a, I mean, a basketball junkie. I mean, I, I probably more so than, than most of the kids that, that may have been in our locker room the other day, but maybe not, you know, maybe some kids have that same level of interest, but I mean, to me, I mean, I remember <clears throat> looking up to the, the guys that played on my local high school team. You know, I remember being a, a 10 year old, 11 year old kid. And, and, you know, my father and I, you know, we never missed a Spalding high school home game um, ever. And it was a thing, you know, him and I got to do. And, and I remember, you know, we'd leave the game early or exactly when the horn sounded, we'd rush out to the car so we could we could turn the uh, the radio on and hear the box score, right, to see what guys scored scored so many points. And, you know, we lived pretty close to the high school. So I remember, you know, sitting in the driveway and, and listening to the rest of the box score. We wouldn't go in the house until the box score was done being read. And, you know, like those high school guys were, were my idol, you know, and I can't even imagine what it would have been like to, to have the opportunity to meet professional players you know, at that age level. So I just remember how excited I got to, you know, watch and, and be around our local high school team, you know, a high school team that I would eventually play for. Um, I just remember that excitement. So I, I know that these kids must be excited when they have the opportunity to come in and meet pro players and hear from pro players. So I certainly try to put as much effort into to those type of things as possible because I, I just know it can be a, you know, a life-lasting experience and a, and a memory that you won't forget. I mean, I, I certainly don't forget any of the memories I had. Just, just about high school players. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I put a lot into it. I think it's great. I think it's great for kids. And um, You know, speaking on, on that note, Scott, I, you know, I, I didn't know if you knew, but I'm actually coaching my son Camden's junior mini basketball team this year. I'm, I'm actually the head coach of his team of, of eight-year-olds. And uh, so I, I've spent a lot of time around youth basketball this winter, and that's been that's been quite the – Quite the eye opener for me. It's been, uh, but it's been a lot of fun as well. Carrying on the tradition, your dad to you, and now you 
to your son Cam. Uh, what's uh, what's the biggest difference, Coach, in uh, coaching at the pro level and, and coaching at the mini basketball level? Oh, man, um, you know, a lot of times I got to kind of get on my my pro guys to you know get their energy up and you know kind of you know motivate them and get you know get get after them in practice and with the kids the mini magic as they wanted to be named the eight-year-olds i mean they got more energy than i can even fathom i i trying to keep them under control and practice and kind of focus on what we're trying to work on is one of the hardest things i've ever had to do in coaching at any level so it's uh it's a challenge you know but it's a lot of fun and, and i did um that's exactly why, you know, I, I, I got an email from, as a parent of, you know, a, an MK NBA player saying they were, they were missing a few coaches in my son's division. And, um, you know, I felt like my, my son, maybe he was starting to maybe resent basketball a little bit. I felt like maybe he was, he wasn't sure he even wanted to play basketball this year. Of course he plays hockey as well. And, but I know how much he loves the game and I know how much he plays in the summertime in our driveway and, and uh, I just thought back, you know, maybe maybe Camden is kind of putting basketball. When he thinks of basketball, he thinks of dad being at work. And um, yeah, you know, this was the same age that my dad started coaching me uh, playing junior basketball. And so I said, you know what, those are some of my best memories, and I want to make sure I can try to provide that for for my son as well. And I think Camden's having a lot of fun this year with uh, with me coaching and. Um, so it's been good. It's been a good experience, but man, it is, it is tough. It is no joke coaching eight year old boys. I, I give anyone who does it a ton of credit. The, the last practice we had before Christmas, I mean, I was making eight year olds run like sprints because, <laughs> because they just couldn't stop. They were bouncing off the walls and I was trying to instill a little discipline at the same time, burn off some energy because they just couldn't focus on one thing for more than 30 seconds. It was wild. I'm kind of looking over at parents, like, what are you guys feeding, feeding these kids, you know? And to be honest with you, my son's probably the worst out of all of them. Um, but you know, again, you, you try to keep it, uh, in perspective and you, you really just try to have fun with it. You try to have fun with it and teach them a couple things. And, um, so it, it's fun. We actually had one of our best practices, of the season last night. So I was pretty, pretty pleased with that. Um, you know, but, but it's, it's a lot of work, man. It, it takes a lot of patience and, and a lot of work. It's actually tougher coaching the mini magic than it is coaching the Moncton magic. <laughs> During this last little stretch where, you know, we've talked about the challenges in front of you and look, you've got all kinds of experience to deal with it yourself, but have you found yourself maybe leaning on your dad a little bit, or has your dad been there a little extra bit over that stretch to kind of, fill in the gaps that might be there? Yeah, he has. I mean, he, he always, you know, tries to send me, you know, positive notes and text messages and, and, you know, he'll give me his thoughts on a game, you know, and, um, you know, we actually haven't been talking as much just cause I've been so busy. I mean, it's, it's hard to even find time sometimes. I mean, most of the time our phone calls happen at about 11 PM. Um, you know, when, when everything's been shut down for the day, but, but no, he certainly, you know, always tries to, to keep me in a, in a positive mindset. And, uh, he has such a good idea of what's going on with our roster and he's been around the league for so long. I mean, he certainly would understand a lot more than, than maybe a common fan. Um, everything that really our, our team kind of has been through. So he certainly has more of a realistic perspective on things. So, um, you know, I value his opinion and, and what he says, and I always, you know, take it to heart and, and certainly listen, um, you know, like I would an assistant coach. So yeah, he, he's been, 
he's just sent me a lot of texts lately, but, but again, I've, I've just been so busy. We haven't chatted a lot. We talked last night for a while, you know, he wanted an update on, on Marcus Lewis and, and Freddie McSwain and, um, you know, wanted to know how, how Duke's knee was and, and everything else. So yeah, it, he's always there. He always will be, um, you know, and certainly knows that, that this team has a lot more to, to offer here in the second half of the season. Having met your dad and chatted with him a number of times since I've been around the team, the only way I can think to, to describe your dad, at least for me, is to say, your dad's awesome. He is, man. He's an awesome guy, and I always enjoy talking to him, so I look forward to the next time he's back up around. We're talking about family and dads and, and you know, the connection, your dad to you, you to your, your kids. I got to, and this made me think of it, this is how my mind works, but it made me think about this Facebook challenge that's been going around, the 10-year challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you posted yours and for a second i was looking at the picture on the left which was the 10 year ago picture going who whose picture did coach throw up there who is that young smooth faced dude what 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 picture was that coach <laughs> you know it's funny that that and, and first of all i i and my wife would tell you i, I never do online challenges I, i'm not a big huge facebook guy i don't like and comment on a, on a ton of things. You know, I, I keep my, my Instagram for the most part is, is about the magic. I think for the, for the most part, or Twitter certainly is, uh, you know, Facebook is a little more for my family and, and people at home and stuff, but, but yeah, I, I, I did it. And again, it's really cause I was more curious. I'm like, you know what, let me, what did I look like 10 years ago? And that picture I posted was actually a photo taken, uh, by the local newspaper as on my very first, practice as a head coach at the professional level that was my very first practice as, as the head coach of the vermont frosties i remember it. it was at saint monica school and, and and that was from that day so that's what i looked like the day i became a, a head coach um you know for the first time ever and yeah i mean kind of a you know i certainly had less facial hair and, and more of a hairline 10 years ago than, than what i do now but it was certainly kind of funny to, to look at the comparison of the two yeah, when I first looked at it, I'm like, wait a second, coach went way further back than 10 years. He looks like he just got out of high school. <laughs> well, the- yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was 27 years old. And and that was, you know, again, my, my first practice as a head head coach. Um, I was very, very young, very young, too young, um, you know, at that point in time. But it's – and that's why I think it feels now. It feels like, you know, you've been doing this – I've been doing this for – a lot longer than 10 years. It feels about 20 or 30, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I thought when I saw the picture, there was a few pictures I could have used, but you know, that being my, my first day as a, as a coach, head coach, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, it was indeed. And, and for no other reason to follow you on social media, that was it right there. The posting of that uh, side-by-side picture coach. So thanks for that. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know a lot of my former players, they kind of sent me private messages and a couple of them may have commented and, you know, they were kind of giving me some grief about it, you know? Um, but that was, that was good. I was, I was happy. Uh, it, it was fun. You know, it was just a fun little thing to do. It was indeed. Well, listen, coach, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. We're excited to have you and the team back in Moncton and uh, Dave and I looking forward to getting on headset and calling the game on Friday night, the first home game that will be on the new exciting platform nblc live the new streaming service so uh, that'll be a lot of fun but excited to see you and look forward to seeing you friday night coach yeah absolutely scott thanks again for having me on and uh we'll catch you on friday
That's Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. Great to have the Magic back in Moncton. I know the fans are excited to have the team back in the Hub City. They'll be taken to the court at the Avenir Center this Friday night, January the 19th, taking on the Island Storm, looking to get a little payback for that last game that Moncton had over on the Island at the East Link Center. Thanks again to Coach Joe Salerno. And I want to also thank our presenting sponsor, St. Louis Bar and Grill, with locations in Moncton and Dieppe. You can find them on Facebook at St. Louis Bar and Grill NB. And remember, when you put in St., it's ST, St. Louis Bar and Grill NB on Facebook. And a really cool event. I mentioned this on the podcast last week, but something really cool coming up this Sunday. It's the AFC-NFC Championship Games in the National Football League. So if you're a football fan, you'd be aware of that. But they're tying that in with something really fun at St. Louis Bar and Grill, both the Moncton and the Dieppe locations, this Sunday, January 20th. And it's Eat, Drink, and Watch Football for Progress. And it's going to be taking place, as I mentioned, this Sunday starting at 4 p.m. And again, both St. Louis locations in Moncton and Dieppe. And basically, hang out, eat, drink, and you help raise money for the Greater Moncton Progress Club. And it's in support of the Boys and Girls Club of Riverview. And again, you can find out more information by visiting St. Louis Bar and Grill NB on Facebook. Till next time, friends, I'm Scott Squires. This has been Magic Time. And remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.